Hey guys, welcome back to a new episode of Those Murder Girls Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Raina. And I'm Marie. And look, you guys, you made, we made it halfway through January. Like we said last week, we were really had high oh hopes for... Oh my God. Our dogs are very violent. Hold today. on. Sorry about that interruption, you guys. My dog almost broke my door down. Barreling down the hall. Or my two dogs. <laughs> okay, so if you heard that big bang, it was just dogs. Nobody got hurt. Oh my gosh. So we have had some people send in stories, and I was talking to Raina the other weekend. I had to take a flight, and this poor lady next to me, it was sad. She was telling me a story that her cousin was murdered. And I didn't want to be like overly creepy and ask her all these questions. You didn't want to hand her one of our stickers? Yeah. I was like, what happened? Like, how did it happen? Where are we at with the case? What's going on with the trial? And she just kind of looked at me and thank God we landed. So (laughs) I'm like, no, we run a true crime podcast. I'm not just being weird. With that being said, send us your stories because (laughs) we love a good new case. And then I don't have to ask people on the airplane. (laughs) (laughs) So head over to our website and we have a case submission button. Click it. Enter the info. Send it. Hit send. And we'll check it out, you guys. And we still have, literally, we have a lot that we haven't gotten to. Mm -hmm. You guys, for no reason, it's not intentional. We have every intention of looking them over. Every time we start one, more stuff is coming in. And it's just, I think it's been a crazy end of the year. We're going to get to them. We have a missing grandmother. We have a teacher that was murdered, a son that has gone missing. We have like a whole bunch. We are totally thinking of you guys. Literally, we think about you guys every single day. We're We're, working on them. They're on the top of our mind. We just can't get to all of them at once. If there were like a multitude of us, we could probably do it. Yeah. If there were more murder girls, (laughs) which we're not not taking applications, (laughs) you guys. Okay, so buckle up because today's case that Marie is going to start us off with is freaking crazy. We are going to be telling you the life and crimes of Japan's Twitter killer. His name is Takasha Shirashi. And for the sake of pronouncing his name over and over again throughout this podcast, we're just going to call him the Twitter killer. So you guys may have heard of him recently. He's been in the news because he was just sentenced to death for his crimes. It's like a brand new, fresh off the press story for you Yes. Um, Listener discretion is highly advised in this episode. There are points in this story, all throughout this story, where we will be speaking about suicide, suicidal intentions, and... If you have any triggers, we suggest just turning off this podcast and tuning in next Friday. Thank you, guys. And Marie, get us started. So the Twitter killer, his last name is Shirashi, was arrested in 2017. He was arrested after a multitude, a multitude, guys, of body parts were found hidden inside his apartment or a flat, as they call it in Japan. I kind of like that. I kind of do, too. I'm going to come over to my flat. Not his flat. Don't go there. Don't go like, there. To our flat. <laughs> so it didn't take long for him to really just go ahead and admit to this mass killing spree that he went on. He murdered and disposed and dismembered of nine bodies in total, and he spread them around his apartment. That's disgusting. Yes. And then the police dubbed it the House of Horrors. 
So the cops ended up finding 240 bone parts that had been placed in coolers and covered up with cat litter to hide the smell. Dude, cat litter doesn't mask the smell of cat pee. Let alone. Can you imagine? Right? (laughs) He wasn't the smartest, I guess. But it's how Shirashi lured his victims and committed these murders that's probably the, well, it's not probably, it is the most disturbing part of this entire story. So he was born October 27, 1990, and he was born in Kangawa, Japan. He grew up in the Zama district province area uh, with his parents, and he had a younger sister. So he was known growing up to be quiet. He went to, like, the local schools from elementary to high school. He wasn't the greatest academically, but, like, you know, he was pretty average with his grades. Never missed a day of school. He was very prompt in that nature. So in high school, he played different sports from baseball to track and field, and things were looking pretty good for him because he got accepted to a very prestigious high school in Japan, and it was called the Prefectural High, and it was located in the Yokohama district of Japan. But during this time, his personal life actually began to unravel pretty severely. As a teen? I know. Jeez. You got accepted to this high school? Like, what could go bad? So his parents ended up filing for divorce. His sister and his mother, they moved out and they left him home with his dad. He would go on to graduate. He would pick up random jobs here and there. Nothing like stable. He worked at a local food factory, then a supermarket. And then he found his calling, you guys. He became a scout for a prostitution (laughs) ring. Yes, this is what he wanted to do with his life. Well, we're here to tell you. Goals. This, yes. So we're here to tell you that this prostitution scouting endeavor, it didn't last long. He got busted and he received a suspended prison sentence. Like they were like, all right, we'll suspend it for you. And he basically at that point told his father, quote, I see no meaning in life, quote. And let me tell you, his life got even worse from there. Jeez. So during this time of him feeling like he's, quote, finding no meaning in life, The Twitter killer was still living with his father and helping him out at his automobile design shop. Well, Twitter killer came to his father one day in August 2017 and said that he had met the love of his life and that he wanted to move out, that he wanted his own flat and he just needed his independence. So just like that, seemed like his father was ready Ready to get get rid of him. Ready to get rid of him. Signs over a lease for a 13.5 square meter apartment flat this is the apartment flat that would go on to be dubbed the house of horrors so he settled into his new routine of independence and like a big boy he joins the famous fabulous world of twitter like everybody else in the world <laughs> except except for marie i do not have a twitter account you don't no it's i a do lot. it's a lot to go it's, it's, i couldn't really understand it when i originally joined and then i deleted it so i find myself getting lost in it when i'm on it for work i could see how you could get lost in it yeah but i i kind of like it i wonder why i don't get on it more we'll, we'll have to talk about we that. like to like read and do all that <laughs> stuff though so we could probably yeah i can yeah, see that we need to i think we need to get out there okay so the twitter killer he creates two separate accounts on twitter the first one he names, quote, I want to die. And the second one he names a professional at hanging. Uh, what? Those mm. are some disturbing Twitter accounts. Yeah, names. not attractive at all. I would not follow him. 
So Twitter Killer had actually developed quite a following on these two accounts. So obviously something attracted people to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Under that first account, he portrays himself as a love-stricken, lonely male looking looking for a companion to indulge in his misery and his loneliness. That is not up my alley. No, again, so not attractive. So Twitter Killer had tweeted under the account named I Want to Die on August 25th. He said the following, I want to forget about everything. I want to disappear. This guy has some very large mental problems. Yes. And under the second account named a professional at hanging, he portrayed himself out to be somebody who could assist people in dying or assist people in completing suicide. Like he was saying that he was there to help them. Just so disturbing. Super. I have no idea. So in a tweet, he says, or actually three separate tweets, he says, I want to spread my knowledge in hanging. I really want to become a source of strength for everyone who is in pain. If you are at a dead end, please consult me. I mean, these things, in my opinion, should have been flagged on Twitter right away. I get it. The internet definitely more so has been more cautious with these days, like people posting stuff. But this is completely gross. Like, thank God they've improved on censoring and monitoring conversations and stuff like that. It's Unfortunately, it wasn't done a long time ago when this was happening. Yeah, it's really scary to think that, like, a child could get wrapped up and find this person. You know yeah, what I mean? Sick you hear about stories all the time, like all kids' the classmates. Time. It's really scary. So it gets worse because he starts using this hashtag – And it says suicide recruitment. He would use this hashtag on all of his posts when he where he was able to recruit and gain the attention of young women with suicidal intentions. He would message them directly and he would tell them to reach out to him or say, hey, let's die together or I can help you. So the post in the hashtag was gaining users' attentions, and he now knew that his idea that he had brought to Twitter was working. So day after day, he sat and he just lured these victims in, and he murdered them by assisting them with what he calls the desire to kill themselves. So fucking sick. I, I know. mean, it is beyond sick that a man would use and abuse these people's mental and emotional state for his own desire. I know. Ugh. So Twitter killer would not only prey on his victims online, he would lure them into his tiny flat and he would pump them full of all sorts of drugs and alcohol. Soon when they would become incapacitated, that's when he would begin physically assaulting them and sometimes sexually assaulting and eventually murdering and dismembering them in his apartment bathroom. Now, his preferred method of killing these victims was Mm-mm. choking them to death. He would then dispose of the victim's internal organs in the garbage, but he would hold on to the bones. And his reasoning for that was he thought that it would protect him from being caught. Jeez. So in total, he would, like we said, go on to murder nine people ranging between 15 to 26 years old. Gosh, they're all so, so young. So young. And he probably would have continued killing had it not been for his last victim. She was a 23-year-old woman. 
So when this woman went missing, her brother and their other sister, they had been frantically searching for her everywhere and they couldn't find her. So the brother decided he was going to hack into her social media account to see if they could find, you know, any clues as to where she could be. Well, he was actually able to access her Twitter. And when he went through her inbox and all of her messages, that's when he found messages that were exchanged between Twitter killer and her. The actual messages themselves were not disclosed. We don't know what they said, but they linked the two together. So now he and his sister decide to begin messaging him, portraying themselves, you know, as a young distraught girl on a fake account. Genius. Yeah, to find to, out who this guy who is. This guy is. So they were able to arrange a meetup time with Twitter killer. And prior to this meeting, the brother and sister were like, hey, we're going to go to the cops. We're going to go to the police and we're going to let them know what's happening and tell them about the planned meetup. So between the messages and the online trail of all these other messages that the police found were actually, you know, connected to the missing people around the city. The cops descend on his apartment Halloween morning. 2017 and what they found inside guys is i mean it's everything out of a horror movie actually they found nine heads dude nine heads yes and parts of the victim's body each body had been completely dismembered he had three coolers five large storage containers and they were all found in his tiny little apartment did did his dad not come and visit him apparently not i don't think anybody came to visit him (laughs) So the cops found arms. His dad's like, bah. Yeah. <laughs> so the cops had found arms, legs, and other various body parts that were stuffed into these containers. And the heads were like in a separate one. My question is, if he's in an apartment, how did nobody smell this? Like, I remember living in this apartment in Oceanside. And the people below us would literally cook fish every night. They would barbecue fish every night. Our apartment... smelled so bad like it was in the curtains it was in our sheets it was in the couch but you can't smell decomposing body parts maybe the maybe the kitty litter did work i guess i was talking shit about it earlier japanese kitty litter is very way stronger than what we have here (laughs) but i thought the same thing and then after finishing more research the neighbors they did go on to say that yeah they smelled like a pungent smell oh okay but then they also thought it was more strange that his ventilating fan was on 24-7. Mm. I don't know. That doesn't add up to me. But <laughs> right. I don't know. So all in all, the police uncovered the bodies of eight women, eight women and one male. And then what's super sad is the brother of that missing 23-year-old, he was there when the cops descended on the <gasps> apartment. And he asked, like, where is my missing sister? And Twitter killer legit pointed to the cooler Mm. and he said she's in there sick totally sick so twitter killer was super proud of his killings like a total psychopath he detailed his murders and how and why he did what he did to each of them he told the investigators that he did it for the sexual desire and that the motive was always sexual to satisfy him He also said that he would steal from them, so he would do it for some sort of financial gain. And he considered all of his victims objects of desire. 
This sicko also went on to say and give the details about his first victim, saying that she was super hard to dispose of, but after he dismembered her in the bathroom, which took about three days, he like felt confident that the next dismemberings would go like much smoother. Like, he was proud that he had, like, learned something from her. Okay, this isn't graduating math class. No, it's not. So he also told the authorities that he didn't know any of the victims. He had no idea who they were. Not a first name. He didn't know their ages. He literally knew nothing about them. The issues this guy had were real. Um, at the scene inside of his flat, the cops found kitchen knives, scissors, saws, binding ropes, and a gimlet, which all contained the blood of his victims. So when it was time for his trial, the prosecution came right out of the gate with the death penalty. But his defense argued that he should be convicted of murder with consent. Murder with consent? Yes, the fucking defense argued that because these victims were already suicidal and came to Twitter Killer to kill themselves or to be killed by him, that they were giving him the permission. So whether he killed them himself during these meetings or it was just them ending up dead, like, near him... They were giving him permission for it to happen. That's probably the craziest How defense I've argument that I've heard. Insane is that, right? So Twitter killer, I guess, knew what he was doing because he went on to tell the court, no, they did not consent to be killed. He killed them. So he basically said, like, yeah, these people were in a really bad place. But I lured them in to do what I wanted to do. I killed them. They didn't give me consent. No. I did it. So that's just a crazy that's thing insane. to yeah to know that that's like even an angle in court where it's like oh no you know they were suicidal already like, and for him they to just be needed, like they needed help yeah to for him too it just shows how messed up his mind because they were you know could have given him a way out but he's like no yes. i want to take responsibility he's one of those sick serial killers that's like i want the credit yeah no 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 i did it yeah he is just a sick calculated callous murder, murder. Now, none of his victims have ever been named publicly, and that was to protect their privacy. But um, the families did express at the trial that the death penalty was the only penalty that they were going to accept for, you know, this guy's cruel and sick crimes. So on October 1st of 2020, he actually pled guilty to all nine murders. And then on December 15th, they went straight to sentencing. He was sentenced to death, Good. and the punishment for death in Japan is by hanging. Mm -hmm. There, I'm yes, sir. You deserve it. Oh my gosh! And his Twitter handle was a professional at hanging. Mm, Ooh, karma's a karma. bitch. There you go. So there's currently only a hundred prisoners on death row in Japan. So his time is coming up. He was moved to the Tokyo detention house, and that's where he's awaiting his execution. Now, he actually stated in a jailhouse interview that he has no plans to appeal his sentence. He's like, no, I did it. In the aftermath of this case, it has brought a lot of attention to be shed on suicide and how Japan can and should assist those in need. As they should. Everybody deserves fair medical attention. Yeah, and, and mental illness is real. Yes. 
So there's new regulations that have and still are being implemented by the Japanese government, you know, more stricter monitoring of social media, websites that discuss suicide. You know, Japan, it has one of the highest suicide rates actually in the world. I did not know that. Oh my until, gosh, I didn't either. Until, yeah, until I was researching this case is when I found that out. And social media, as everybody knows, it can be a very dark, dangerous place. Absolutely. So after this case, the CEO of Twitter, he had released a statement online saying that it was extremely sad what had happened and that it amended its rules to state that users should not promote nor encourage suicide or self-harm. That's amazing. That's good. Yeah. If you or someone you know is in distress, confidential support can be found 24-7 by calling the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800 800- Two seven three eight two five five, or you can chat with a live professional at any time, twenty four seven, by going to suicidepreventionlifeline.org. So that's a crazy case we got for you guys today, but we thank you for joining us as always. If you guys are not following us on social media, we ask that you do. We've got a bloody birthday coming up in the next few days, so don't forget if you share a birthday with this uh, very whack serial killer, all you have to do is comment on the post to let us know, and the first three comments will get a Murder Girls water bottle and a little birthday surprise pack from us. All right, guys, if you can, please head over to wherever you're listening to us now and leave us a five-star review. We will love you forever. Not that we already don't, but we will. (laughs) Have a super nice weekend, and we will see you guys back here next Friday for a brand new episode. Bye, Bye, guys. guys.